Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for, for the beautiful weather outside, Lord, for the sunshine, for the warmer weather today, Lord, and this weekend. Our Father, we thank you that our ladies were able to get away this weekend for a retreat. And, Father, we thank you that you're using your word in that retreat, Father, to encourage and to build up ladies. And we just pray, Father, that if there's anyone there, Lord, that that um, has made decisions, Father, that is a return, Father, you'd help them to, to keep that commitment, Father, to walk more closely, to maybe to follow through with decisions made there. Oh, Father, we thank you for, for our ladies, Lord. We thank you for the impact that they have on our lives. Father, as for those mothers, Lord, and, and wives, Lord, for the impact that they have on us. And we just thank you for them and pray, Father, that you bring them back safely. Father, we thank you for the men and women in our country, Father, who are veterans and who have served our country well. We thank you for them, and we pray, Father, that you would just continue, Lord, to keep our country free as we look to you. And, Father, may, may our heart and desire as a nation, Father, be to serve you. May we recognize, Father, that the freedom we have comes from you. So we acknowledge that. Well, Father, as Pastor Chuck comes and, and, and preaches, Father, from your word, Father, give him freedom, Lord, to preach to us. And, Father, may our hearts be open to receive your word and apply it to our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ralph, I'm glad that you uh, mentioned about Veterans uh, Days tomorrow, and I was in the Air Force for four years, and uh, I'm uh, 65, and in the Air Force, they call that uh, your handicap now, because you're 65, so I can get all the benefits of being 65, and one of the bad things when I was in the Air Force is also I am left-handed. So that also makes me handicapped when it came to firing a weapon because everybody was right-handed. So they put me way at the end of the firing range, and I never could qualify because if the target was going to get hit, it was going to be hit by me. And I always, all my buddies got 60 shots, but they got 65 in their in their target because I was shooting at the wrong target. And today I hope, here's my goal today. My goal today is for you to understand Exodus 10. Or maybe the whole uh, chapter or the whole idea of Exodus. And that's why I put in the bulletin my uh, outline. They asked me about the outline. And my outline today is freedom. So that is basically what Exodus is all about, is about being free to be yourself. And one of the things I do on Thursday nights is I'm in a small group and I love to hand out handouts. I do have a handout about this uh, message that I'm giving today. So if you like one, downstairs in fellowship time. Um, 
you can ask me for a handout. And also, my wife is gone, and I miss her a great deal, and I got myself in trouble yesterday. I cut my finger, and Mary was not here as a nurse to help me. And so I was really lost. I was wondering, well, now how do I apply the Band-Aid? How do I do all that? And should I call my wife? You know, and I said, no, chill out. I can handle the little cut. But see, I miss her. So when next Sunday, Sunday said, Chuck really missed you. See, that will encourage our wives to say that, yes, we have missed them. But here's the problem with today is I know when Mary's here and she called me actually at 6.30 this morning and said, Chuck, I want to pray for you. And I thanked her for that. Because today's message is going to hopefully change all of our lives. I know preparing for it has changed my life. One of the things I love to do is I love to walk. This last week, I walked twice from Moody Bible Institute. Here, I touched the building of the church right where it says, God loves us. Have you seen that little thing that says, God loves you? I touch it, and then I go by, and then I pray. Prayer is so very important. So when you hear me speak, pray for me too, because it's important that the Holy Spirit speaks through me, not me. And one of the things that uh, we're going through is, uh, if you have your bulletins, you can kind of look at the outline. It's kind of like the word freedom. And the X, the first one is F. And if I ever do a thing, it's faith is probably the thing that I use. And faith is so very important. And it says, from faithless to fearless. And if you like to study the character of Moses, that's what Moses was, right? He started out being faithless. And let's say that we all started out that way, right? When I was a pastor for 32 years, people would, I would talk to them and I'd say, well, when did you get to know the Lord? And they said, well, I've always been a Christian. And a big light bulb comes on and says, no, none of us ever, ever started out from the womb being a Christian. Because Christianity takes a lot of interesting scenarios. First, it's for myself, and I'm speaking for myself, it was basically getting to know the knowledge. See, I did not come from a Christian background. So I didn't know who really Jesus was. So I needed to know the facts. I needed to know that, yes, he died for my sins. Yes, he came to earth not because he had to, but because he loved the world. And then I had to know all those little facts. And sometimes people say, hey, I don't want to be too religious. And I said, that's great. Don't be too religious. Be a Christian. Get to know who God is. Get to know who Jesus Christ is. He will transform you. And that is what salvation is. It's just not knowing the facts. And then the Holy Spirit comes along. And He's the one that woos us. He's the one that says, hey, take interest in me. And then He changes you. And when He changes you, He transforms you. And you are never, 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 never the same again. 
It's kind of like, this might be a bad analogy, but it's kind of like I'm a Packer fan and I became a Bear fan. That would be a transformation that would be way out there. It will never happen. (laughs) But transformation is so very important. It's something that we all have to do. And you know, it's interesting as we think about our culture and we think about science and all that stuff. And when I was growing up, it was kind of like walking down the aisle and saying, Jesus, come and ask Jesus Christ into your heart. And I did that many times. I knew that you had to do it, but I didn't do it until I was 17. Now I'm thinking about, hey, maybe we have to change that. Because what if I get a transplant? I'm 65 years old and I get a heart transplant. Where does the Lord go then? Wow, never thought of that 30, 40 years ago, right? Because it's talking about our soul. It's talking, look in the Bible and it talks about our soul is so very important. When your soul gets connected with God, you are never, never the same again. He has transformed your soul. And that's why it comes to faithless. Moses was faithless. We were all faithless. But then as we study the book of Exodus, what does he become? He becomes fearless because he came to know Jesus as a Savior. The burning bush, all that stuff, you know, we're not, maybe not cover all this stuff in Exodus. But take a look at Moses. Take a look at the Bible characters. On Thursday nights, we're studying the unlikely heroes. Very important. Other times we studied the 12 ordinary men. They started faithless. And then they became fearless. One of the things I love to do is I love to read the Bible. Read it from cover to cover, from all the way from Genesis to Revelations. Read it. When you read the Word of God, that's so very important because that's when our faith increases. And then, I love to read. A lot of people say, well, Chuck, what do you do after you retire from pastoring? I love to read. Some of the books I've read is Fox's Book of Martyrs. Great book to realize People were willing to die for what they believed in. They had a transformation. Now, if you hurt me bad enough, I'll become a bear fan. Just twist my arm. I'm a bear fan. But you'll have to burn me to the stake. I will never give up my relationship with God because it has affected my soul. I'm not a fan of Jesus. Jesus saved my soul. And that's why we're here today. That's why God has kept us here, is so that we can win people for Christ that are faithless. We want them to become fearless. And that's why the Fox's Book of Martyrs is so very important. Other books that I've read, 
talked about uh, victory over darkness. And we're going to talk about one of the plagues today, about darkness. Now this book here is a very important book. It's a disappointment with God. Now why you say, is this book so very important? Because Keith is here today, and it's not my book. It's Keith's book. And I've kept it for two, three years. And I'm finally going to return it to him. So that's why it's a great book. I finally got to read it. And I'm going to return it, Keith. There's it is, see? So it's very important not only to read the Word of God, but read good Christian books. It will help you in your walk with the Lord. So remember... We have to first start here. Understand that we all came from faithlessness. And we want to go to fearlessness. Now, if you look at your outline, it's the F E, right? Or it's R, actually. Freedom. I can spell right here. R. R is remember. Full redemption. And that's just telling us that God wants all of us. You know, I have two daughters and two sons. And they're my both my daughters are married. And one of my son-in-laws called me from um, overseas said, you know, um, Elizabeth and J.R. J.R. called me and said, uh, could I have your daughter's hand in marriage? And it says, is that all? You just want her hand? That's all? That's all you want? Yeah, she, she can live without one hand, right? Well, you know it's not just the hand in marriage. It's talking about I want all of her. All of her. Full redemption. Every bit of my daughter is in Pennsylvania now. And I have three grandkids in Pennsylvania. I have a grandson here in Chicago. And if you look at the text that we're talking about, it's talking about tell your children and your grandchildren about what was done in the book of Exodus. You want to tell your children and your grandchildren, and the people of this world, how powerful God is. How powerful is God is. That's what we're, that's all about Exodus. Isn't he powerful? I mean, you look at, you know, this the two things that we're going to be talking about today, you know, the locusts and the darkness and the other plagues. How powerful is God? And the scripture says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is as powerful today as he was in Exodus in our lives. Now, if we know about faith, if we know about remember full redemption, the next one was E, expectations of freedom. And of course, tomorrow is Veterans Day. And I remember getting out of the Air Force. 
Anybody that's ever been in service could not wait to get out of the service. I am free at last. Uh, free at last. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, there's no... Uh, Who's going to cook me my breakfast? Because they went to the chow hall all the time, you know. There was always a bed. There was always, you know, all that. All, but I wanted to be free. And sometimes when I was in high school, I guess I couldn't wait to get out of high school. I couldn't wait to get out of the home. I couldn't wait to get out of Moody Bible Institute. Freedom. My expectations of freedom. The expectations in the book of Exodus. Why did Moses want his people to go? Just to have a better life? No. So that they might worship God, right? That they might worship God. Now, we're talking about the Philippines, and we're talking about we need to pray for the people in the Philippines. Well, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but there was this person that was on a South Pacific island for five years. All by himself. And finally a ship came along. Spotted three huts. So they sent a person there and said, Oh, you're the only one here on the island. Well, why three huts? He said, Well, this hut is where I live. And this hut is where I go to church. And this hut is where I used to go to church. Now you remember he was stranded for five years all by himself and he had to change churches. Because he needed to change. So when we think about change, there's got to be a purpose behind the change. And you know, that's why it's so important to have the whole Bible. There's a small little book in the New Testament called Jude. Read it. Very interesting. Because it talks about the importance of change. It's talking about the importance of knowing who God is and who your leaders are. And about change, because remember, Moses said, let my people go so that they might, what, worship him? But keep on reading in the book of Exodus, did that happen to them? No. Once they left Egypt, what did they do? They made a fatted calf right out of gold and all that stuff. And Jesus destroyed those that did not believe. So we have an advantage here in America because we have the freedom of religion. But what are we going to do with it? Serve God, right? Isn't that what we want to do? Now I have to keep on moving because we only got F-R-E. What's the next E? The E is what? Experience God's provision. And that's when we're going to talk about locusts. And you can take Exodus 10 and read it for yourself. Locusts is very important. 
because it was attacking God's. Remember, each one of the plagues were talking about different gods that they believed in. And they believed in the different gods of the fields and different, all that stuff, in provision. And where's our God when we think about our provision? Doesn't Scripture tell us that he will supply all of our needs? So when we think about the Egyptian people, when all their gods were worthless, they saw the God that were taking care of Moses and his people. Very important to realize that we have different gods here in America, but don't we believe that there's only one true God? The greatest provider is the Lord Jesus Christ. And all the gods aren't really gods. He's our provider. And you know, one of the things about Moody, there's actually, uh, Moody Bible says there's a locust street there, right? So locust street is kind of like why Moody presses. There's also a locust street in Milwaukee. And my sister and her husband lived there. And they were just newly married. And they invited my mom and my brother and my other brother and some other people for dinner. And they said, you guys are a bunch of locusts. And I didn't catch the thing because I wasn't Bible literate. You know, kind of like, what do you mean? Well, now I know what you meant. We ate her out of house and home. We left them nothing. And that's what happened there. The locusts came and they ate everything. Nothing left. And I am glad that Mary's coming home this afternoon so she can cook for me because there's nothing left. No, there's plenty of stuff. I can go to McDonald's. I know where that is, see? So I won't starve. But they were starving. But it's important to understand that our provision is from God. Experience the provision that God has given us. And then we go to D, deliver us from darkness to light. And I think one of the problems that we have as Christians is that we don't realize that one time we were faithless and one time we too, our souls, were in darkness. Right? Have you ever went back to say, hey, when? How did I feel when I did not know Him as my personal Savior? I was in darkness. And if you study the context of Exodus 10, this wasn't just the absence of light. You could actually feel it for three days. And we need to feel our lostness. Have you felt your lostness at one time? And now you have seen the great light. Getting back to the military... One of the things that they did in the military, they wanted to teach us how to fire a weapon at night to hit the target. But I said to my sergeant, Sergeant, 
I can't hit the target during the day. How do you expect me to hit it at night? How many believe I said that to my sergeant? No, I didn't say that. I stood there right there. I stayed in that little thing for about three hours, let the sun go down, carried my M16 out there on the firing range. I couldn't see a thing. I shot the going that way. After the, you know, the flash of the thing, I couldn't see anything either. Completely useless. But, you know, one of the greatest things is the plagues are not useless. Because what happened? What happened to the other end of town, if you want to say? What was going on with the Jews? There was light. There was light. Now, I know most of you live in Chicago. And sometimes doesn't one side of the street, plenty of light, and the other side of the street, completely dark? You know, in the first couple hours, it's not bad. You would like candles, you sing kumbaya, you know, and all that stuff. You have a great time. But after an hour, and after an hour, and then after a day, then the refrigerator starts and says, hey, these people across the street have light. I have not light. Call 911, 311, get something going here. But see, the world is looking for us, for the light. Isn't that what Matthew 5.16 says? Let your light shine before men that they might see your good works. Isn't that it? And you take a look at Genesis 1, verse uh, chapter 1, 4 and 5. It tells you also that before the day became day and the night night, it was split down the middle. Half the time was dark, half the place was light. Here's the same thing. One of the things that we talked about in Bible study Thursday night is by Bible trivia. This says, never ask a pastor over to play game Bible trivia. And I thank God that they don't because I'm not good at Bible trivia. But I know that some of you are. There's four places in the Bible that talks about darkness. That Jesus did darkness. Here's one in Exodus 10. Another one was when Jesus hung on the cross. It became dark, right? We also talked about in Jude, about that verse. It talks about the the ungodly teachers and all that stuff will be thrown in darkness. And then there's also the book of Revelations. There's going to be another bowl spread out to the world. And it's going to be completely dark. But they still will not come and repent of their wrongness. So there's going to be darkness all over the place. Now my kids sometimes were fear of the dark. When I visit my brother in Wisconsin, no street lights, no nothing. It was completely dark. And they were afraid. I took kids to urban camp for 16 years out in Wisconsin. They were never out in the stars or completely dark. They were afraid to get out of their cabins. Completely dark. But just think, three days, three days, they were in completely darkness. Now, I have to keep on going because time is running out. And these are chairs here that I got lined up. Now, uh, I'm going to ask for four volunteers. <clears throat> and I was wondering, now, how could I pick... Think about it if you want to volunteer for this. 
um, how could I pick four volunteers? I could ask for people, for volunteers, or I could pick them. Now, when I was in the military, you never volunteered for anything. Did we volunteer for I know I didn't. I was always picked. I was picked to, you know, go to different places, never volunteered. But I'm, uh, I'm in a Christian place, right? And all of you like volunteers. Anybody want to volunteer for this little thing? But there's one stipulation. One stipulation. You have to be a Bear fan. You, you know, no Packer fans up here, except for me, but you gotta be a Bear fan. So, any, any, anybody want to raise their hand, volunteer for this? Come on, I won't bite. Do I have to come down and ask? Come on, who, who would like to volunteer for this? Okay, uh, Brian, I thought he would. There you go. Actually, okay. Uh, and I know more. Go ahead. You can sit down. And I know that we have to have women uh, representation. Um, so, who, who would like to? Any woman like to volunteer? Come on. It's only take a, a, a wasting time here. Do I have to come down and pick you? Okay. Another beer fan. Uh, Renee, Renee, I saw the hand up. I, I did. I saw that. Did, didn't you? Come on, Renee. I, I thought so. Come on. Another, another lady. Any another lady? You have to be a. You're a bear fan, right? Huh? You're a bear fan. Okay. All right. One more. One more. Come on. One more lady. Do I have to pick one out of here? Oh. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. No, I forget. We won't even go for a woman. Willie, come on. You want to go? Okay. All right. Oh, see, this is... Okay, here's, here's the scenario. You sit down. Here's the scenario. The next one we're going to be talking about is we're going to talk about, oh, obedience that is uncompromising to the world. Obedience that's uncompromising to the world. Now you look at the book of Exodus, and Exodus 8, 25, talks about the first compromise that Pharaoh wanted to do for the Jews not to leave. Do you remember that, Brian? Exodus 8.25, talks about, okay, I'll get, see, the reason why I wanted Bear fans because I know that they're a little bit slower. If I picked for pa- uh, Packer fans, they would have got it right away. But, you know, but anyway, fine, I will help you out. Don't go very far. <laughs> well, that's the second one. The first one was, don't even leave. The first one, Exodus 8.25, says, hey, yeah, go ahead and wish, worship your God, but don't leave. And see, that's what's wrong with a lot of Christians. They say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll come to know the Lord or whatever, no problem. You know, I'll come to church and all that stuff. But I won't get out of the world. They compromise. They still want to stay in that world. The worldly system. Now, Brian said the next one. The next one was, okay, 
mm, I'm going to compromise, but I'm, I go ahead, but don't go too far, right? And that's Exodus 8.24. Talks about that. Go ahead, you know. Take a little walk outside. But, you know, Scripture tells us that's being double-minded. You know, you're looking. One of the biggest things I see in Christianity is they like to compare themselves with other people. I'm not as bad as so-and-so. But they look at the world. They're not completely obedient like the God told Moses and the people to go three days. That's total obedience. No, go out a little bit. But that's a compromise. Now, in Exodus 10, it talks about another compromise. Exodus 10, 8. Huh? Well... That's 24. A guy's stepping right next to him. See, that's why I pick bear fans, because they always like to go ahead. Who's going to win today, the bears or the... The lions. The bears. Okay, so anyway, what, what they compromised was what? They were talking about family. Okay, you guys, you know, ship your wives to the women's conference. No. Keep your wives here in the world, but you guys go ahead and worship. And why did Pharaoh think that would be a good deal? Because they knew that men can't live without women and their children. So they'll be back. They'll be back. So you're going to compromise. Don't compromise with the world. Scripture tells us in the New Testament, that's why it's so important to be transformed, because it says that we are to love God more than our families. God comes first, and then you will love your families, because you will be obedient to what the Word of God says. And I remember my son's birthday is today, my oldest son. And I remember speaking about love and marriage. And if this cute little girl would come next to you, Nathan, and says, Nathan, I will love you with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind, I told my son, you better run from her. You better run from her because that's left to God. You are to love God with all your heart. With all your soul. I love my wife. I would die for my wife and my kids and my grandkids. But God will always come first. If you want to do the best thing for your families, you become fearless. You become completely sold out to God. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the light. Okay. I got five minutes to end up, because I can't end up on a six. You know that the last time I ended up, I had to keep on going. Because I don't like six. But what was the last one? The last compromise. Okay, the last compromise was, you all can go, but you have to leave your possessions, your animals. A compromise. You know, I love people to say, you know, I... I believe in tithing. You know, I did a study in tithing at Moody when I was in Moody. I believe in tithing. I kind of believe. I think that's a starting point. 
I'll tell you this, don't share this with Mary. Tell her not to listen to this on the whatever you report. But I remember when she was a missionary here at Moody, um, not Moody, but Nurses Christian Fellowship. And I got to know my wife through my sister. And she had to raise support. So she was begging people to raise support. So I thought, oh, gee, I'm a Moody student. I don't have that much money. No. But I, I support, I found out that I supported her 10% of what she needed. Now I'm 100% what she needs. From 10% to 100%. That's what God is. Our possessions is God's. It's not 10% God and 90% mine. No. It's all God's. Give everything to God. Right? Isn't that really, really, and love God with all your, if you love God, you're going to give to God. Give with a joyful heart. If we all would understand that Satan wants to let us think to keep what we have. It's not yours, we're our stewards. I work at Moody Bible Institute, I invest people's money. You know, there's not one person that ever took anything with them. Zero. You, we brought nothing into this world, and we're going to carry nothing out of this world. And it's not how much you have. It's how much you have given away for God's kingdom. Don't compromise. Don't stay in the world. Don't get just a little bit out. Don't get sucked in with... I don't know anybody in, in, that's why God's given us the church. I remember when I got saved, I had to get rid of my buddies. I made better buddies. I made brothers and sisters in the Lord that loved Jesus, that had the same purpose, the same goal, the same brightness. Go to the bars. Don't go to the bars. But if you ever went to the bars, it's completely dark, isn't it? Come to church, light. You know, I love illustrations. I love acrostics. The closest I can get to this is to turn off the lights. How do you like my sunglass holder? The sunglasses. Sunglasses. You know, sometimes we are so used to the dark. Do I look cool or what? Huh? No, we get so used to being in the dark, we don't understand God wants us to live in the light. The light of Jesus. When I was young, we used to sing and walk the aisles. It would sing, you know, I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender all. That's why God wants us over here, not compromising. Or another song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, right? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look wonderful in his face. And the strength, the light of the world will go strangely dim, right? Get involved with God. So, we don't want to keep these guys here Compromising, right? So why don't you come and stand right here? Stand. Just stand right here. 
There's, this is the last word. The last word here, look in your thing, is meekness. And meekness, sometimes we get messed up that it's that, oh, you, you guys want to be meek? Remember now they're Packer fans? So that's the bad word, right? Meek. The meek Packers. Oh, that doesn't sound right. But in Christianity, who was meek? Moses, right? Numbers of talks of he was the most meek man in the world. Who was another person that said that he was meek and mild? Come to me. Jesus. The Beatitudes talked about meekness. The fruit of the Spirit talks about gentleness. But the really the best word there is meekness. Strength under control. And the reason why I have these Bears fans up here, I'm a Packer fan, is because I have strength under control because they knocked out my quarterback last Monday night and none of them called me and said, Sorry, Chuck, we hurt your player. None of them. None of them did. So it took me all strength under control, not the mucking around. You know what I mean? But because I love them. And I know that they want to serve God with all your hearts, right? And thanks for volunteering. And I know that uh, I'm going to close in prayer. And then um, Ralph is going to close in prayer. Then, Father, we just uh, do pray, Lord, that you just might help us to understand. Lord, help us not to be compromising our walk with you.